Yeah, so we'll start off with an acapella just to get us get us in the mode. Oh, awesome. Now we can start every time. nine days to Tisha B'Av. for those who, who live in the world of Nigla and the world of Halacha it's a period of mourning the Halachas are that way 
we limit ourselves from, from Simcha, we start to enter into a little bit more of the Olam HaMachshava, Olam HaChasidus. So you start to see how there's a tremendous yearning more, more now than any part of the year for Gula, for Mashiach, for Eretz Yisrael. But, but Lamaisa, we have to mourn. They're, 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 you can't pretend. You need to be able to live in that place of Avelis, of mourning, and at the same time yearn for the end of the events. So, getting up to Tisha B'Av, we have this dual, these dual feelings. On Tisha B'Av itself, the first half of the day is pure Avelis. Sit on the floor, we mourn, we cry. But already halfway through the day, a lot of the Hanhagas, we, we sit up, we put our thousand tefillin back on, we start to say, sometimes Shmuzin, Chizik, Mashiach is born already. Already on Tisha B'av, we have the yearning for the end of Tisha B'av. It's always a very fascinating time period. Something to think, to think about. Some people go all one way. It's only morning. Some people say, no, gula, gula, gula. It's all gula. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So, ke'ilu, ke'ilu. There's no morning. It's just gula. But those who can handle the das can be able to do both. Which is always there. So we're going to read a poem. I'm very excited. This poem's... I got it. I, last week, I remember I ordered the book, and the next day it came. It came the day of the Chabur. And I opened it up, I flipped it open, I said, ah, this is, this is Chabur. I was thinking about something this week, and then uh, the second book came. He has two books. It was just to come in like a month from now. <coughs> but Amazon also, they also lie. They tell you long, but sometimes it comes quick. And it came, and I flipped it open, I started looking around a little bit. And I was absolutely blown away by this next poem. And I think, I don't know what his exact kavanas are, but we'll try to base off this poem, we'll try to understand something about this time period. And maybe one day, you, you, haven't taught, you, have, you have context for him? That my brother may have. He's maybe get his contact. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll try to speak to him. So it's called The Long Prayer, so it's sent around. You can get it, you can listen now, whatever you want. <clears throat> goes like this. In a back room off the yeshiva's large study hall, fading wooden floors, a rabbi dreaming at the next table. I learned a Hasidic discourse with my cousin's son on how Jews' commitment is greater now than in temple times. For now, so many questions, such a long exile, and still a Jew goes on. Soon, my cousin's son will earn his rabbinic decree, degree, get engaged, and then drown in a scuba diving accident. Leaving the repetition of the Amida at the Shiva house, my cousin will pause for what will seem like forever at the end of the prayer. Blessed is the God who resuscitates the dead. Chaim Mason. The other worshipers won't know what to do. I will be standing next to the bookshelf where his sons to fill in lie unused in their case. His name, Yosef, stitched into the cloth. Finally, 
he will conclude the blessing. Two years later, I will hold my sister and brother-in-law's son in a synagogue at the top of a great hill. He's just had his bris and has been named after my brother-in-law's father who died before he reached 40. The Mohel is my cousin who lost his son. The men dance around me and the baby. I am looking down, see my cousin's black shoes stomping the floor, going around in a circle. So it could be that you need to sit down with it yourself and look at it. But this poem is half But before we start, a few questions. Who's this rabbi dreaming at the beginning of the poem? What shaykh is to the whole thing? Why, do we, why does it matter Yosef is his name? What's with the black shoes? I'm looking down, seeing my cousin's black shoes stomping around, stomping the floor. And also the whole, the tense of the poem is fascinating. He starts off in the present tense. I learn a Hasidic discourse of my cousin's son. And then... Hmm? What do you want to say? Present tense. Present. And then it goes into... But not future. It's he's speaking from after the events. Okay, he's living after the events, but speaking in the futuristic tone, leading the repetition. Of, My cousin will pause for what will seem like forever. Now that can't right. So he's after this happened. He's not saying my cousin paused. Right, after the events, he should speak about it in the past tense. He's not. He's. After the events, but he's speaking about it, writing it, that it's in the future. Not even the present, almost. <clears throat> so Parsha's Devarim, Sefer Devarim, but specifically Parsha's Devarim is, is a fascinating Parsha. Parsha's Devarim is a, is a history lesson. The entire Parsha's Devarim is going through the historical events of what happened with Klai right after Hasinai, the Maraglim, it's, it's, it's all, everything's history. Everything's a story. What, what happened? <clears throat> the rest of Sefer Devarim, except for a little bit of Eschana when it mentions Harsianai itself, but it's really mentioning Harsianai mostly for the Sarasadibris and the Mitzvahs, there's no other mentioning really of history. It's only part of Devarim. What, what, what is this, this history lesson? The people that were there weren't even part of a lot of these things. Right? The whole generation died out. The new generation is going to go into Mitzrayim. So nobody who was by Eretz uh, Israel, nobody who was by the Maraglim is here now. They all died, except for Yeshua and Kalev. This is it. We're two weeks away from going to Eretz Israel. Last week, Agav, we spoke about how we never actually go into Eretz Israel in Chamisha Chum Last week, we discussed why didn't the Torah end with one more Pasuk? Moshe Rabbeinu dies, okay? And Kalal Yisrael goes into Eretz Yisrael, and then the book ends. And then Yeshua starts. We discussed this last week. Why is Devarim always before Tishabov?
So we're going to try. It's not going to be simple. I'm not sure if myself I get this. But we're going to try. So the beginning of time, before there was actually something called time, and we've spoken about this concept many times, is there was the Tzimtzum. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Kivyach in a state of Or Ein Sof. It was just him, infinite light. But if there's an infinite light, we know that there can't be anything else. We couldn't be here right now if the infinite light was in a state of revelation, if it was revealed. So Kaddish Baruch was Mitzamtin himself. Somehow, only God can do, he limited his revealed light and he revealed his hidden light. Now, when he was Mitzamtim himself, the, the picture, even though there's no such thing as a picture or a form, this is before form, but the way that the Arizal explains is that it was, the picture was it was all, all, all Einsof, but a Kaddish Baruch pushed out. From the middle, he made a circle, a Chalala Panoi, it's called, an empty space in the middle, pushing out that Einsof to the sides, to the periphery, leaving a space, again called the Chalala Panoi, and in that place, he created all revealed worlds. Atzila, Bria, Atzira, ultimately Asiya, where we are today. Kiliochel, he's not there. Of course, he's, he's absolutely there. It's just hidden. The light is hidden. However, HaKadosh Baruch wanted a revealed light to enter into that place. But it can't be the Orient Sof, Mamish, because then that would be an infinite light that would blow up the entire Chalal HaPanoi, the empty space. We're trying to empty out of the infinite light so there could be something. But at the same time, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to bring in His infinite light so that we can bask in it. So He created another stira contradiction, which is a light that is infinite, in a vessel. That's, a, that's impossible. You can't have an infinite light inside a vessel. A vessel is by definition bound. It's a vessel. It holds. There's limitations. How could you limit an infinite light? Kaddish Baruch can do whatever he wants to do. So he brings, it's called the Kav. A Kav is a straight line, that straight line of light from, right, my, this is my beautiful picture over here, here's my hand. From the outside, which is the orange of Pashut, he sent in a light. Right? There you go. The pen inside the hand there, that's the kav inside. That is a orange sof inside the cave. The light of a Kaddish Baruch that entered into the space, we call it the or pinini, the inner light, as it enters inside. It's called the Mamale Kol Alman. It fills the world. There's a Kali and it fills it up. Melo Kol Kivoda. Melo Kol the whole world is filled with his covet, with his energy. Just Agav, the Rashi Tevos of Melo Kol Kivodo, the Rashi Tevos is Gemacha Aleph Pei, or Pinini. The light, when a Kaddish Baruch pushed back, right, outside, circling around the Chalal Panoi, 
is called the or hamakis, the light that surrounds, which is also called the soviv kolalman, surrounds. Right? We could have listened to, I guess, Zusha's rendition of, uh, what's his name, Michal Shapiro, Mimali kolalman, soviv kolalman. Maybe we will one time. Agav, parenthetical, but we'll see later. The Rosh Tevos of, oh, so what's the Pasuk? Boteich Ba'ashem, Chesed Yisovaven. Rosh Tevos of Boteich Ba'ashem, Chesed Yisovaven is 22. The 22 Osios of the Alphabes. The Or Panim and the Or Makif mean a lot of things. Example. You have the Mishkan. And the Mishkan is made up of two major components. The Kalim, the Aron, the Mizbeach, the Menorah, and then the boards and the covering. The Pashit boards and the Pashit covering is like the Ormakif. Very simple, very Pashit surrounds. Infrastructure. The outer. Right. That, that's the word infrastructure? Either infrastructure, yeah. yeah. One, one's infrastructure, one's superstructure. Oh, that's I think, exactly. I think. Super? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Superstructure needs infrastructure. The inside, the inside, the Orpinini are the Kalim. And it's, it's the light of a Kaddish Baruch in specific ways. There's the Aron, there's the Menorah. Each one had its specific task. Some holier than others. There's Gedarim, there's Madregas. What the Mizbech did, what the Aron did. That's called the Orpinini. Talus is the Ormakif. It surrounds us. It's very Pashit. Tefillin is the Orpinim. We put it on, on our arm, on our head. It has cloth. There's a Kedusha to it, a high-level Kedusha. <clears throat> the Orpinimi is dependent on our Avoda. The more mitzvahs, the more Torah person learns, the more Kavani he has, the higher the level he is at. Ormakif has nothing to do with your Avoda at all. It's beyond Caleb. It's beyond you. Just giving different examples. This is a big sugi. It's not. Uh, it's not for twenty minutes. The ormakif kilu is Hashem's perspective, looking at the world. In God's eyes, everything's equal. The highest Jew and the lowest Jew. In God's eyes. It's no different. No difference. Or Panimi is Kilo, our perspective of the world, where there is a difference between the Tzadik Yisrael Olam and a Poshe Yisrael. Right? That doesn't mean we judge the Poshe Yisrael bad. I'm just saying there is a difference. Now, when we live through life, life is a straight line, it's dependent on time. Day after day, week after week, event after event. We just slowly go on our way. Ups and downs. We're living life with the Orpinimi. We're living in this world. So it's the Orpinimi. It's the Kav. It's the straight line. That's how we live. Some days are going to be good, some days are going to be bad. Because it's, it's Kalim. It's vessels filled. So some days will be good, some will be bad, depending on our Voda. And where we're holding, depending on the nisyonos of the day, what a Kaddish Baruch wants, he sends into our life different things. Everything depends on the cable. But imagine this. 
Imagine you would take the straight line of life, okay? Take a year, take a year of time. It's a string of a year. Take 10 years, take 20, whatever you want to take. It's a string. Imagine, it's one long string that you lived through. Now, what would be if you take the end of the string and you wrap it around and you tie it to the beginning of the string? What would you get? A circle. A circle. You'd get the Ormachus. Right? If a person can take a takufa of time, not every day, but a nice chunk, could be a year, could be five years, it could be 10 years, it could be 20 years. And a person would be misboning at the end. That's where he's living. He's living in the cough. He's at the end. If he can remember and be misboning on where he is now, and he wraps himself around to the beginning of his journey, a year, five, 10, 20 years ago, and connects the now to the beginning and sees how he is where he is because of all the millions of events that happened, and a lot of them were at the time bad, hard, rough, tough. During it, it was very rough. But if you look at the end and you see what you're holding now, your inner kochos, or where you're living, or who you're married to, or your kids, or the situations of life, whatever, and you tie back to that beginning, you start to see the full circle of life. You now understand the makif. You understand what HaKadosh Baruch had envisioned from the beginning. We can't do that. We have to live life day by day. We live in the Kavda or Panimi. But we can, in hindsight, see what was originally intended for us, which then helps you live the next five years, 10 years, 20 years. Because if you start to encounter struggles, you now know, you know what? This is a struggle. But a week ago when I was misboning on my struggles from 10 years ago and I see how they really built me, I see the Tachos Atov, now the struggles now are not going to be necessarily struggles. They're going to be opportunities of growth. You're going to see it in a totally different way. You've already been through it. But you need that recognition. You need that behirus, that hisbeininess of seeing, spending the time seeing the beginning of the journey in connection to the now. Make sense? I'll give you an example. We had a tzaddik and his name was Yosef. Yosef Tzadik. And Yosef Tzadik started his career as a young, unfortunately, somewhat immature lad. Who the moment he had these dreams, he immediately had to tell over to his brothers. Now, he already was the favorite son. He already had the technicolor coat. Right? He already had the Ketonis possum. He was feeling good about himself. He was the Ben Zakunim. He was the son of Rachli Menu. It was Yadur that he was the chosen child. And then he had to tell over his dreams to his brothers. What happened? Those dreams were the direct cause of his brother's hatred, vital their hatred, and that's what got him sent and sold 
Remember what was the Lashem when Yosef's going to see, find his brothers after his father told him to find? Look who's coming. The dreamer's coming. Now we're going to see what's going to be. Now we're going to see what's going to come of his dreams. It's Davka the dreams that got him sold. Right? He gets sent down 22 years. It's, it's, we say these words, you know, when we read the Parsha. Oh, in like one Parsha, it was 22 years. 22 years away from his family. Never going to see them again. He's sent down to the worst place. Like the Kav. He went down and down and down. There's a little bit of an up, I guess. He became the head of the household by Potiphar. But then Asha's Potiphar knocked him down. And then he goes to jail. And then he becomes like the head of the jail. But then he forgets Akadosh Baruch Hu when he remembers the Sar Mashkim. And he gets sent down to jail again for another two years. Just the Kav. Just down and down and down. One day, after he finally gets up, and he becomes the viceroy, second in command, and one day, ten grown men come to Mitzrayim. His brothers come. And what does the Pasuk say? Not right away, but... And he remembers the dreams, because they bow down to him. Right? The brothers bow down to Yosef. That was the that was the that was the dream. The dream twenty two years before that got him sent down. Now towards the end of the cycle, he says, Whoa, those dreams are now coming to fulfillment. I'm not gonna go into the whole situation, the sugya, but then he brought he got Brinyaman to come down, then his father to come down. And what did he keep saying after they reunited and everything happened? What did Yosef keep saying to his brother four or five times? What? Ask in front of the brother? Ask in front of the brother? No, no. After, after he revealed himself and everybody comes down. What? Everything's from Kaddish Baruch I was sent here before you to prepare the way. Now, did Yosef know that as he was going down? He couldn't have possibly known that. But now at the end of the cycle, and he starts to remember the beginning, the dreams... He puts the whole thing back together. Yeah, let me show you my picture, Andrew. Like my picture? See the circle here? So the, the beginning of it, over here says the dreams of Yosef. That's what he had, the dreams. Now, the circle represents the Ormakif. Because a Kaddish Baruch Hu knew at the beginning, the end of the circle is the fulfillment of Yosef's dreams. That was already a dua. But the middle line is Yosef living through the Kav. He has to get sent, he has to be hated, he has to go down to Potiphar, he has to get down to jail. Inside the Orpanimi, the Mamali Kolalman, he had to live life with a Kaddish Baruch with ups and downs. But when he hit the end of the circle, or the end of the line, really, and then he tied back everything to the beginning, he chopped the circle that was always there from the beginning. He chopped the Ormakif. Now you can't chop it before, you can only chop it afterwards. But once Yosef understood that, he said, a Kaddish Baruch Hu sent me here. And for the rest of his life, he lived with that. Whatever happens, whatever struggle I have in the Kav, in the Orpanimi, in the Mamalik Olamen, Vadai, there's Makif, there's Sov Kolamen already sent and set <coughs> that there is an end and it's going to be the best. Can I say something? 
So the Jews come out of Mitzrayim from that place where Yosef was. And they turned towards Eretz Yisrael and then they hit the Meraglim. They had a big bump in the road and then they joy around for 40 years in the Midbar. Just drang around. It looks like circles, but it's not Makifin. It's just a lot of lines going around and around and around. Ups and downs, Korachs and Bullocks and Billums. It was rough. But now they're about to get to Eretz Yisrael. Now Ramotel says in the Sugi of Ormakif or Panimi, if you can understand this, it takes a lot longer, but if Orpinimi is based on Caleb and there's higher and lower, then the Orpinimi is Eretz Yisrael. Because Eretz Yisrael is the highest of all the lands. There's the, there's the Kedusha there. But in a way of Ormakif, where Caleb don't matter, in God's perspective, where everything is equal to him, in that way, Chutzar, it's his Ormakif. Where it doesn't even matter what the Caleb are. HaKadosh Baruch could be in the lowest place and the highest place. It doesn't, it's all the same. So Chutz Laaretz is, is Ormakif and Eretz Yisrael is Orpinimi. Now of course, in, this is a bigger sugi, but in Eretz Yisrael you could have both and outside of Eretz Yisrael you have both. But if you had to say one, Eretz Yisrael would be Orpinimi and Chutz Laaretz would be Ormakif. So comes, we're two weeks away from going into Eretz Yisrael where Kaddish Baruch is going to allow us to go into the, the place of Kedusha, but it's going to be a place of Nisyonos and fighting and battling and settling. The Ananiyah is not going to be there. It's going to be totally on our Avoda now. In the Midbar and Chutz Aretz, it wasn't dependent on our Avoda. We should never have even gotten out of Mitzrayim. We didn't, we didn't have the mitzvahs. The Ananiyah are surrounding us. Or Sovev, the Makif. Right? We were living it up in this place. Kaddish Baruch Hu, from his perspective, was, was surrounding us. But we're about to enter into the, in the Orpinimi of life, into the Kav, where things are rough and you have to work hard. How do you prepare a person to live properly in a Kav? Now, they already lived through a certain Kav. Because in the Midbar, it was both. They were traveling on Drangan. They didn't know what was going on. They're living in, in, in the Kav and the ups and the downs. HaKadosh Baruch was surrounding them the whole time with an Ormakif. But they didn't necessarily appreciate that because there was no destination. So Moshe ben Gaz everybody together and says, let me tell you the history. Let me tie the knot now. We just went around 40 years. It's a 40-year line. But now Moshe ben is going to take the end of the knot, tie it back to the beginning to show them the makifin, everything that Kaddish Baruch had, why he was doing what he was doing. Because once you see that, once Yosef saw the dreams at the end, how they were tied to the beginning, once you chop that, now you can go weiter in life. You're not stuck by struggles. You chop that the struggles are in the Orpinimi, in the Kav, but there's a dream that's going to end. It's going to have an end. There's, the circle's going to end at some point. You don't know when, because it's not logical. It's the Ramakim. It's the Sof Mekalam. <clears throat> but the point is that that's what gives a person a Muna. We discussed last week, why didn't the Torah teach us that they got into Eretz Yisrael? Because what's, what's Torah, what's Eretz Yisrael? Torah is the word Panimi. 
Eretz Yisrael is like in this category, in this case, and I was getting confusing, I'm sorry. In this way, between, if you compare Torah and Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael <coughs> is the Ormakif. So that's why the Torah ends, or Pinimi ends, and then you enter into this Ormakif. More Pashat, more expanding. Emuna, Emuna Pshuta. Versus the Emuna Sichlis, which is more connected to the Orpinim, which is connected to the Torah. So that's why the Pasuk, the Pasuk cannot end that we got into Eretz Yisrael, because they're two distinct worlds. <clears throat> so Moshe Benut is telling the people, listen, you live the Mem Shana. What's Mem Shana? And put the Mem into, into Shana. What do you got? Mishnah, Mishnah Torah. And it's the Neshama. This was a neshama the whole time. You just didn't see it necessarily. Moshe Rabbeinu is giving a long speech, a long prayer, showing them everything that happened, which will give them chizik to go on. When he's not there, Moshe Rabbeinu is going to die. He doesn't make it to that place. And in that way, you could enter into Eretz Yisrael, which is going to be living the kav, living the ups and downs, but with the amuna, with the mindset that there's a ma'amakif. You can live both at the same time. Let's go back to the poem for a second. In a back room off the yeshiva's large study hall, fading wooden floors, a rabbi dreaming at the next table. So you have a dreamer here, the beginning of the homaisa. Right At the end, we're going to understand what this dream is. The dream is the beginning of something big. A dream has a full circle to it. Yosef Atzalik's dreams. I learned a Hasidic discourse with my cousin's son on how Jews' commitment is greater now than in temple times. For now, so many questions, such a long exile, and still Jew goes on. In the Midbar, it was 40 years. People lost a lot of, could be they lost a lot of faith over there. But those who are committed... Soon my cousin's son will earn his rabbinic degree, get engaged and drown in a scuba diving accident. Tragedy. Moshe doesn't go. Iron doesn't go. There's tragedy in the Midbar. In that world of the Kav, in that world, it feels this Eurydice. It's big, big Eurydice. He's by the Shiva house and the Dominic Shemonesrei, and the cousin who lost his son is davening. And he pauses before Machai Mason. What's Machai Mason? Machai Mason is the end of the Nam, everything ties back together. It's the Ormakif. Mechayim Mason, that there's going to be a rebirth. In the, in the Kav, there's a, there's, there's a death. There are ups and downs. There, is, there are struggles. But there's a Mechayim Mason. But to make that connection between living in the now, where this person lost his son, unfortunately, one of his son, and to be able to say, Baruch HaTashem, Mechayim Mason, with the kavana, the amuna, that there's a makif right now, that there is going to be an end, and, it, and it's tachlis atov, that takes a long time. That's a long prayer. The other worshippers don't know what to do with this. But where is he standing? I will be standing next to the bookshelf where his son's tefillin, the orpanimi, the bones of who? His name is Yosef. Yosef's the one who has the dreams who sees at the end, he chafs the whole picture. The bones of Yosef get to Eretz Yisrael. Yosef left Eretz Yisrael for 22 years. 
he never really went back. For a little bit, he went back to bury his father, but that was just a, a little vacation time. But the ends, the bones, the atzmis of Yosef does get back there to Israel. It ends there. And we find the chama in that. Even though you think, who cares, the bones. But a Jew finds the chama in that because that means that, that the circle has finished. There is an end to the cycle. And then finally he concludes the brach. This guy, this, this Mechaber, Yeshua, I guess it's talking about himself. Sounds like it's a real nice one. He's standing by that place of Yosef. And once you chop Yosef, the dreams, the makif, then you can end that brach in the Chaim Mason. Two, for means two years later, so now he's at a new simcha. So this is the Mechaber. Is holding, he's going with his brother-in-law and his sister, his, sister, his brother-in-law's baby, his sister's baby, who the baby is now named after a man who passed away young before he was 40. The 40 years drank around in the Midbar. Not everybody made it to the end. Many Jews got buried in the Midbar before 40. The Moel, and now, the tie, now we tie it all together, because the Moel is the father, the cousin who lost his son who's living in the world of the Kav, but he finally got to Mechayim Mesa. He finally was able to see that there is a Tachas Atov, that even though I don't understand, in the Kav you don't understand. But I have a Muna, which is above that. Right? Eretz Yisrael is that Amuna above the understanding of the Torah. So the Moel is the one who got over, who's able to understand have a Muna, even though his son was passed away and the father of the baby lost his own father and he's naming this kid the baby after his father another cycle another circle so many circles together all coming together and this mechaber is looking down at the black shoe stomping on the floor going around in a circle there's multiple circles the dreaming rabbi that's the first circle. That's the overriding circle. That could be Kivyad, that could be Kodesh Baruch Hu. That could be Yosef Tzadik, the one who sees the ends. He dreams about the future and the now. The cycle of the Moel, the, 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 the cousin who chapped Mechai Mason. The circle of the Moel dancing with the, fa- the baby's father who lost his own father in the name, the baby after the father. Circle after circles. What's the shoes? What's the black shoes? So the Gemara Baba Kama talks about black shoes being a sign of mourning. Even though we all wear black shoes now, but in the times of the Gemara, it was, a, it, was a, it, was a, it was an ending of mourning, mourning for Yushalayim. One of them, Moraim, got in big trouble for wearing them. They thought he was a Balgaiva, that he was mourning in public, Yushalayim, by wearing black shoes. It was all in Baba Kama. <coughs> so now, we're now days before the Chorban, again. We relive the Chorban every day. Well, right now, we're living in the Kav. We have not yet hit the end. We have not yet hit Geula. We have not yet hit Mashiach. We're in the struggles. We're in this place. But if we understand the Ormachif, if we understand Emuna, they cannot understand. If we understand that we don't understand, we have Emuna above logic. We can believe, even on Tishabov, after mourning, because we have to mourn. We're living in the Kav, we're living in the Arpinim. It's real. It's real. The Chorban is real. It's not fake. We're actually when people struggle. Disasters happen. 
people pass away young, There are, to, it's true. You can't just say, no, 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 but I have a moon on Kodesh Baruch I'm not sad. No, no, but sadness, bechiyas, hespedim, avelis, it's part of the real life. But halfway through the day, then you can start to say, yeah, but, there's an ormakif. But there's an end of this dream. There really, really is. I don't see it yet. But Mashiach is born today. I believe that. I believe that. That's this dual emotional way of living. And you can live both. Because I come from two different places. You can mourn living in the Kav, but you could also yearn living in the Makav. This is the Indian of Eretz Yisrael, the Chorban. We should see the end of the cycle, the end of the circle. With Mashiach, David Malcolm, and all the tzaddikim, and all the mechaim and all the tzaddikim, and all the family members, and we should come back together, and we should dance in one big circle, like the Gemara says with the tzaddikim, they're going to dance in one big circle. And they're all going to point to Kodesh Baruch Zashem Kivinu Lo. And I'll end off, because it just hit me again, I remember. A lot of, always, there's always Siyat HaDashmaya, with this Chabura. So right before, this is 5.30, I don't even know. I saw somebody posted a poem, Yitzhi Horowitz posted, you saw this? You see this? He posted a four-line poem. And this is what it said. Someone, it wasn't his, he said something from some lady. Someone I loved once gave me a box full of darkness. It took me years to understand that this too was a gift. Only at the end, he said. So then I wrote back and I added. I used my, po- my, my poetic... Uh, I said, after that realization, I went back to the one I love. So I don't know who wrote this, but they wrote someone I loved. It sounds like I loved. When they gave me the box of darkness, the love was over. And only later did I realize it was for the best. So after that, I went back to the one I love. Of course, it's the Kaddish Baruch Right? Living in the struggles, the box of darkness. I went back to the one I love, and I put a bow on the box, hoping that no one would open it, <clears throat> but knowing that many will. But maybe I'll be able to help them cut the years in half. If you could teach a person, you have to be with the person in the struggle. You have to be with them in the struggle. But after half a day, you can get up and say, but there is an Ormakif. But there is an end to the dream. We should resolve to the Let's do it again. Yeah, it's very sweet. It's so sweet. Let's get back. There's any connection between the, the beginning floor and the ending floor? Mm-hmm. The beginning floor and the ending floor. Oh. Mm-hmm. The beginning floor and the ending floor. Probably. I didn't think about it, probably. There's so many... This, so much in this.
Exactly, what we're talking about. What is this song? This is this song by Mary and Gullis. The first base range was destroyed. And they were getting sent. The class was going down to Bava, Alnara's Bava. They were there. And the Levim were asked to sing the songs. How can we sing these songs? But then they go at the end, they say, Oh, Yerushalayim. So they're singing it. It's a mourning, but it's a yearning at the same time. They don't want to sing it, but they cannot yearn for it. They're living in both places at the same time. 